right, Exchange, how we doing tonight? Let's go. So pumped you're here. If we haven't met, my name is Mark. I get the privilege of serving as the college and young adult pastor, as well as one of the family ministry pastors at Grace. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Michelle. Hello. Hello. The lady of the house. So excited to be here. Yeah, we're super pumped that you're here tonight, and tonight's a little bit different. We've been in a collection of talks called It's Complicated, and this series has been all about relationships, dating, romance, marriage, all of it. And uh, we're capping off the series a little bit different. We're doing a panel tonight. And I'm really excited about it. If you were here last year for our panel, it was powerful, it was practical, and I hope that it left you better than you came. And that's my hope for tonight as well. And tonight, we've got a treat. We've got an amazing uh, a group of people that are taking their time out of their Tuesday night to join us. Amazing so I want people. you guys to get rowdy. Uh, and you probably have uh, met these individuals. But first, I'm going to start out here. Pastor Ralph Johnson Woo! and Miss Tracy. You guys come on up. So Pastor Ralph and Miss Tracy, they are the pastors over our Lutz location. And can I tell you, uh, if you haven't met them, you need to. They are representing 30 years of marriage, y'all. Come on. Let's go. And next, we've got Pastor Hal and Miss Chrissy Mayer. Let's go. And uh, there are no unfamiliar faces to our ministry, right? Yeah. Um, we're so grateful for their life and their leadership, and I'm pumped about this next couple yeah, I'm, here. I'm really excited about this. Go one. ahead. Can we give an extra warm Let's welcome go. to Mr. Arvin and Miss Caroline Yes. Benegas. Let's go. Yes. If you guys don't know Arvin, he's the one that plays really well the drums. And yes. Caroline, she's an amazing worship leader, so we're really happy to have them on here. Let's so go. Thank you guys for joining us. Awesome. So we're going to jump into this thing, and uh, if you've been hanging with us, many of you, you've been uh, sending in a lot of questions, and can I tell you, they're difficult to answer. So we're going to take a stab at this thing, and uh, I want you to know we're available after service as well to answer any questions that you may have in addition, but I just want to break the ice. I'm just going to go for it. This is an important it. question to Here ask. Here we go. I think so, yes. So anyone who's wise enough to take a stab at this, you can go ahead and lead it, but the question is this. Should the man pay for the first date? I think that came up like at least five times on yeah, the question. Yeah, that came up about five times. So anyone want to just, just go for it? And, Tracy looks like she and really it's, wants it's to. It's simple. Tracy, it's straightforward. It face. You might as well answer it. Well, loud. I'm old school. The man should pay for the first date. Yes. Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. Awesome, man. We're, I, can I just add one thing to that? Absolutely. Now, if this is like a just to get to meet you, she has three under the Tinder dates that day. She has what? Three Tinder dates. How are you going to know that? You know she may tell you. <laughs> if it's just a get to know, it's not a date. It's like, hey, we, we're, let's go hang out somewhere. He's paying. You 100% paid. paid. I, I paid. I paid. I just know a lot of girls like use Tinder to pay for their meals, and so. Wow. We're going there. Huh? I've seen okay. some of y'all. I've heard from some. I know <laughs> some of you tell me. So, anyway. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks. Well, um, Thanks I think it. we're gonna go into a dating question. Who's dating in here? No shame. Any, any dating couples? Hey, welcome. The... Happy to have you here. Let's go. Okay, so the first question. This is gonna be a speed question, so each of us can answer it like quickly, 30 seconds. Um, if you can go back in time, what would you change about the way you guys went about dating each other? What's one thing? Speed question, speed round. So if you guys will start with Christine Howe. 
because you guys are just on my left, <laughs> <laughs> on my peripheral. Okay, <laughs> thirty seconds and go. I don't know if go. I can answer that in thirty seconds. Uh, when, 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 yeah, when your friend lied to me about what you had done, and then I made out with her. Um, <laughs> okay, so your thirty say? seconds are over. Uh, her, her best friend stabbed her in the back and basically told me that Chrissy had been sleeping around with these other guys, and I was just pissed. And so I made out with her. That was a bad move. I don't know so that's that what you would change. Answers your question. I'm sorry. That's what okay, I. Okay, well, all of our stuff just went on blast. It did. So. All right, Caroline. I think that I could provide maybe a real answer. No offense. <laughs> we were not <laughs> dating at the time. We were we, we were not dating at the okay, time. Okay, you're two for two. So, um, <laughs> what I would say, what I would change about the way that we dated is that I would shut up and listen a lot more than I did. I am a very fiery personality. I'm a very independent leader. Um, and I talk over Arvin a lot. Um, it is something I'm continually working on. Um, and what I would do, honestly, is I really would just, before I say anything at all, I would just listen. And that's, that sounds like something you've heard a million times, but please, yeah. Do you, you second should. that, Arvin? Uh, no comment. I don't know if I agree or disagree. There's wisdom in that. Anything. Okay. Um, wisdom. And there's wisdom but in that. But for me, I would uh, be more open, right? I was very just closed. I kept everything inside. I didn't, I didn't communicate. Um, I just let things pass and just bottle up everything. And then just at one point just uh, not explode, but just, um, just get really upset, right? Yeah. Not having that healthy communication with Caroline. That's, good. That's what I would do. I would just be more... Uh, it's a good man right Yeah, there. I was over-talking, and he wasn't talking at all. It was not a good mix early on. <laughs> That's Ralph. Miss Tracy? Yeah, I, I mean, to be 100, I think that if we could go back and change anything, we would probably be believers in Christ first and, like, prepare ourselves and give our life to the Lord before we ventured into dating and being sexually active our own way and dating the way that the world says it. And so we would get that instruction from the word. I know that sounds cliche, but it, I think it would have saved us from a lot of, um, a lot of heartache. And, you know, you look back and you're like, man, I, you know, I really wish we would have done this guy's way. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for being real. Uh, okay, next question. We're going to go there. But I, if y'all didn't peep Arvin's face while Caroline was speaking, y'all, like, that, that's a meme in the making right there. That was perfect. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Here we go. When you look at modern romance today, what is a major mistake you see young people are making when it comes to dating? So I'd like to direct that to Pastor Ralph and Ms. Tracy. <laughs> so when you look at the young folk today, right? Mm -hmm. Like this generation, uh, what do you see are some mistakes or some things that they really need to get a hold of uh, in order to really get a hold of healthy dating in today's day and age? You can be very honest. We're here to learn. Let's go for so it. Let's just go for it. Can we all go? Can we have them go for it and then just be let's honest? Just go with for us? it. That's what we want tonight is just for you guys to be honest. So what's one thing you guys see as a major mistake young people are making today? The pondering one, huh? Yeah. Well, one thing. Uh, it's all okay. <laughs> you guys have an over-sexualized culture it's like you look at the I mean what you view your eyes it's like I'm looking at you guys and I'm like wow you got a lot to tend with mm -hmm. and it's like wow okay and so what you see you kind of mimic mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so that's something that you really have to watch. Yeah. And, and I think that, just to piggyback off of that, I, I believe what I'm seeing today is really somewhat possessive. And I see people that don't really know themselves well enough and they're looking for someone to complete them. And so they're like, this is my girl and let me hold your hand and let me, and I'm like, man, are you, like, going back to the first question, are you paying for the date, bro? I mean, are you willing to like lay down your, you know what I'm saying? Like know yourself and then get to know the other person and don't expect them to complete yes. you. Yes. You get what I'm saying? And so I think that we venture into I mean, it just gets real, real quick. You know what I mean? And I just think we just need to slow down and know ourselves. Yeah, and this soulmate thing. Yeah, we wow. went over that. that I think we had that on one of the mate. weeks. That's my soulmate. <laughs> yeah, we went Jesus over that. Jesus is your soulmate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so now, Hashtag. actually, that you mentioned soulmate, uh, there's a question that doesn't say soulmate in it, but it kind of has to do with it. Um, Chrissy, I want to ask you this. So one of the questions that came in is, how do I know if I'm ready to be in a relationship? How, how do I know I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to be in a relationship? That is hard to answer. Um, I would say I was not ready to be in a relationship um, when we started dating. And that is because you heard, you know, Pastor Mark and, and Hal and anyone who really teaches here, we're constantly teaching about take this time to work on you. Yeah. Take this time to figure out your past, to heal from your past. Yeah. And try to become the most whole so that you don't have to look for somebody else to complete you because you're looking for a whole person and a whole person to come together. That's good. Now, obviously, there's plenty of room for God's grace and for you guys to work that out, us work that out in marriage after that stuff comes out. But if you can go into a relationship being the most whole and healed as possible, then that's when you know that you are, are ready to be your best self for someone else. Because I think you would hope that somebody else would be working on themselves in the same way, right? That's good. Good answer. That's Can I just good. add to that real quick? It's really hard to tell that of yourself. Yeah. Um, you need godly people around you that can help you with that. And it's a really, really wise thing to do to ask the godly people around you, do you think I'm ready to date again? Especially if you came out of, just came out of a bad relationship or abusive relationship, whatever yeah. that may be. Um, am I ready to date again? And then listen to them. That's good. And I think adding to that, you guys mentioned uh, the single season dealing with woundedness and past hurts and baggage. What are some other things that you guys think that in the single season of life it's most important uh, to really dig into and get a hold of and accomplish uh, before you get into a relationship. So what are, what are some of those things that you guys think in addition to dealing with woundedness and baggage? Well, one of the things I, I, and you guys have heard me talk about this, like I think for some reason, and Pastor Ralph talked about it a little bit, like the possessiveness side. Um, when you date somebody, you should not lose yourself. Like you should not stop going towards the goals you have, having the friends you have, the relationships that you have. Like you should be going forward in those things. And it's not like you're ever gonna be perfect going into a relationship. But you do. You want to get to a place where you are ready to walk into marriage. I, I've said this before. If you don't see yourself getting married in two years, don't date. Um, if, if that's not a possibility because all that's you're doing good. is you're setting yourself up for, like, for your heart to be hurt and to take a lot longer time. Man, I know you guys did that. Um, but, but they were long distance for a lot, long period of time, and, and that's a very different situation. But I always tell people that because if, if you don't know, like, what's about to happen, then why? I mean, for guys, you want to be able to have a job. Like, 
girls, you want to see him have a job. Yes. With your Not eyes. read the book of Job, but yes. have a job. That's just really saying. great just when guys can be like, yeah, when I get out, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. But you can say a lot of things. You want to see him go after that. Like, you, you want to see the way that he's going to go after, you know, making sure he's supplying for the family and helping the family. Like, he's going to go after those things, even in the tough times. So you want to see that. So you work on yourself as much as you can. And like I said before, you, like you do. You get around some people that are older than you that can speak into your life and can show you your blind spots yeah. and help you see those things. You're not going to go into marriage perfect, but you do. You want to make sure you take up as many things as possible by surrounding yourself with others. Yeah. Um, we want to take a little quick turn, and by the way, whoever asked this question, thank you for asking this question, because I feel like it's something we definitely need to talk about. Um, in church, no better place, right? So, Pastor Ralph, Miss Tracy, the question is twofold. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy, I'm just <laughs> waiting, there should be music playing in the background. Okay, so a question came in, it says, if you and your partner have already overstepped some boundaries, or even have had sex, can God still bless that relationship? Absolutely. God can restore and God, I mean, we, we serve a God of U-turns, man. God allows U-turns and, you know, he's not, you know, a big mean God up there saying, man, you just overstep your boundaries and I don't have anything else to do with you. I mean, you can repent, you can turn to the Lord and you can reestablish some healthy boundaries and do it God's way. I, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. So the second part to that question is if... I have had sex with my past, well, if I have had sex before, should I tell my current partner about my past sexual encounters? If so, at what point should I tell my partner about my past? Well, why are you discussing it, first of all? I mean, are you getting ready? You want to have sex with that person? <laughs> I guess that's what I'm thinking, <laughs> first of all. Um, As far as discussing it, yes, you, if, if it leads to that, I'm not going to sit here and just think that everybody's a virgin and I'm just not going to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that you should talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, May I, let me jump in. So, like, I think that's a process. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not like first date. Hey, have you ever had sex with anybody? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no. no, no like, no. Red but flag, as you, yourself. like Hal said, but <laughs> as you get to know each other and as you get to start to unpacking mm -hmm. some things, I, I think you should be honest and truthful because you don't want to go into your, you don't want your wedding bed, undefiled. you don't want your wedding bed yeah. defiled. Yeah, right. The marriage bed is undefiled. You get what I'm saying? And so, like, I think as you get closer and closer and you get like, hey, look, there's, you should know the skeletons in my closet because you don't want anything that's separating you because it'll come up. It'll come up. Yeah, it's, it, it'll definitely come up. I can, I can say with uh, myself and, and, and Ralph, we, um, we were sexually active. Our um, son and daughter was at our wedding, um, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. And as far as discussing it, did we discuss it? I'm just what I'm sitting here trying to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we really discussed it because we actually, you know, we were just not in that place at that time. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and to be honest with you, like what we're telling you is after 30 years of marriage, looking yeah. back and saying, all right, look, 
it would have been healthy to discuss that because I'm telling you from experience it will come out and you will end up discussing it and so you just make it easier when you can discuss it early on that makes sense that's real and I appreciate you guys being real with that um, I'm gonna just, shift. I just say, I'm so sorry. I, I feel like I'm doing this every time. Sure. Um, you don't need to be specific. And the reason I've run into this, where there's been a lot of guys talking to girls or whatever, and they go, they want specifics. There, there doesn't need to be specifics. You don't need specifics. You just need to know yes or no. And I, it, that makes sense because that's not gonna help anything. A lot of times, a lot of guys are like, no, I need to know all of it. No, you don't. <laughs> that's not gonna be helpful. Sorry. The yeah. mic was too close. I'm like, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Let me ask this one. Someone said, I'm afraid that if I set boundaries in my relationship, my partner will break up with me and walk away from Jesus because of it. What oh, wow. should I do? Caroline? Arvin? <laughs> He's, Arvin's ready. I'm ready. Like, I got an answer. He already put the mic in front of his mouth before you ended <laughs> the question. Let's <laughs> go. I would say, just me speaking honestly, set the boundaries no matter what. If you have boundaries, you have boundaries. That It is what it is, Right. Um, whether they get hurt or they don't get hurt, that's them. You know, you have to show truth to what you believe, right? Whether that's if that's not having sex before marriage, if that's, you know, setting boundaries as I'm not going to hang out with you past 10 p.m. because of temptations, you got to do that. Do that and just, you know, that's just what I believe. I mean, I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. No, um, I want to add on to that, that if they walk away from Jesus because mm. of the boundaries that you set in your relationship, they, ne they were never walking with Jesus. Um, and that, in all seriousness, that right there is going to tell you everything that you need to know. It is not a reason to judge them. It's not a reason to be mean to them. It's not a reason to have this really harsh, ugly breakup. That is all that you need to know to say, okay, then this isn't going to work. We're just going to, t we're going to move yes. separate ways. We are not following Christ in the same way. And I'm not going to berate you because of it. This is not going to turn into something mm -hmm. ugly, but this will not work. If somebody right. does not adhere to your boundaries, it's not your sword to fall on whether or not they walk away from Jesus. Yeah. So good. I'm so excited you're here with us, Caroline, because you just like bring it. The you find that out, the better, because yeah. you're really saving each other time. Right. Yeah. And I gave her that answer. <laughs> okay, I, I, I have a really Go good ahead. question we should ask. Um, Chrissy, again, just because I'm just like, she's here and she'll bring some with them. Okay, so a question came in and it said, my ex and I broke up and went our separate ways. Is it okay for us to get back together? How do I know when it's healthy to do so? What if, you know, if there was a lot of hurt in that relationship, that, brought, that relationship brought me. So is it okay to get back with your ex? Kind of speak a little bit about that. That's a question that came in. I was like, yes. Well, we first should. and foremost... Do they love Jesus? And by love Jesus, do they attend church? Are they connected to a church body? Are they connected and have community? Because if they're alone, that's that's a red flag. Um, but then how do you hear from Jesus? You know, what are you getting when you're praying and asking the Holy Spirit to give you clarity? What are you seeing when you're reading the Bible? And then when you're talking amongst, you know, your Christian friends, what are they saying? And those are the three ways that we hear from God. And so really kind of press into that and see, you know, what answers that you get. I think for each situation, that's going to be so personal and different from case to case. But those are kind of like the, the places where you're going to get your answers from for a next step. Yeah. And are you trying to date them because they're what's God's best for you or because it's comfortable? And I think that's the biggest problem that happens is after a while we get we just haven't found somebody else. And so we go back to what's comfortable. That's why you don't need to be friends with the person that you break up with. Please don't. 
it's not, it's so easy to end up making out with that person again, be in a relationship again, complicate things again. Let's just be honest because, and that's the problem in these things. Like, look, yes, in a year from now, if you've both grown and you see that and there's that possibility and the people around you say, this is a good idea, but if everybody around you is like, this is stupid. (laughs) That's the end. That's the end of your answer? Yes. Okay. That's the end. Okay. It's a mic drop moment. Okay, Miss Tracy, that must be, um, okay, the question is, I recently got out of an, 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 an I, hello? <laughs> Pregnancy brain, I'm so sorry. I recently got out of an unhealthy relationship. How do I find, stop, how do I find healing? How do I know when I can return to dating? Another hard one. It would be when you're spiritually ready. Um, you have to be spiritually ready and, and honestly, knowing who you are, that is so important because, you, I mean, if you're not healthy yourself, how can you actually even entertain a, a relationship? Because right. you're not whole. Mm-hmm. So you have to take care of yourself first. That's good. I have, I have nothing to add to that. She, I like Pastor she did awesome. <laughs> There's wisdom in that, fellas. There's wisdom in that. All right. Okay. Next one. Here we go. Um, where are we going to land? Okay. This is deep. Pastor, one of the pastors. I rushed into my marriage and I regret it. We are both clearly unhappy. How do we move forward? And is divorce an option? One of the pastors. <sighs> what was the last part of that question? Is divorce, is divorce. an option? No. Divorce is never an option, it, unless of um, abuse or if they've been cheating on you, basically. But it's not even up for discussion. Now, marriage is not designed to make you happy. It's really designed to make you holy, to be honest with you. Yes, sir. And so, like, to be 100 with you, like, if you're looking for happiness, like, Marriage is not going to bring that to you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's like, I'm just being honest with you. But you will be happy. Right. But you got to look at it from the perspective that God has. I, I look at marriage like this. God has a sense of humor. He takes two sinful people, yeah. brings them together, and asks them to represent Christ in the church to a generation of lost people. That's right. Like, how does that work? Well, at, at the end of the day, we, we, we both are sinners. Say, you know, you guys heard it saved by grace, but we actually have to walk in forgiveness, walk in grace, walk in, you know, um, in blessing each other. And, and so there's not, there's a lot of happy times, but don't think that marriage is there to make you happy. There's a lot of happy times, but I think you don't go into it for it to make you happy. You got to have the right perspective and the right vision from God in order for it to make you holy and set aside and, you know, have, um, I know I'm talking too long. I'm going to be quiet. No, no. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good? That's good. All right, bro. Yeah. Cool. So I, I think there's this idea that if you find the right person, it's going to be easy. And we've talked about this before. It just, it's just not true. I, there's no perfectly matched couple. There's no one like going in like, oh, we were, we were not matched. We were not matched on any. I was matched with your best friend this week. Um, <laughs> not that best friend, not another that, one. Yeah, different one. We gotta let that uh, one go. That that's dead in the water. Our <laughs> our, uh, our premarital <laughs> counselor literally said good luck. She said good luck. And and so here's the deal. Every marriage takes work. Here's what I've seen. I've heard from a lot of guys. 
man, if I just would have tried this hard in my first marriage, it would have been easy. Yes. Uh, because it, it's not, none of it, like, I think that's the problem that we go into. We think, oh, it's just going to naturally happen. No, every marriage requires work. Every marriage requires you to learn that person. Like, yeah. every marriage requires you to set aside your selfishness and get to know them. That's why any two sane people can make a marriage work. I don't care what type of personality type you are, as long as you both love Jesus, like, yeah. and you want it to work, it can happen. Um, but you have to put aside the idea that, oh, it's just going to be this easy way. No, you got to learn each other. It's going to take time. Yeah. Can I, can I just, I mean, that's Go such ahead. a great question. Yeah. I, I think when I discovered what true intimacy is, is to see into me and discover who my wife was and to discover the gifts and the capabilities and the talents and all that God has put in her for me. You get what I'm saying? It brings value to the relationship and thus happiness to our friendship because we've learned to grow together and love each other. You get what I'm saying? That makes sense? Yeah. So we're friends. We hang out together. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this question came in. Um, my partner has a child from a previous relationship. Not sure how I feel about it. Should I move forward with them if they have a child from a previous relationship? Do you want me to answer that? Or Chrissy, <laughs> Pastor Howell? I mean, if you're not ready to be a parent, no. Like, I mean, that's the thing. If you're not, then no. Like, it, I mean, that's a part of it. You don't marry somebody and go, I don't know if I want to be a dad. Like, that's, and they've got a kid already. Like, that's not. So, yeah, if you don't know how you feel, don't, do not get close to that relationship till you know how you feel about it. That is wrong to that person for you to go into that relationship and not be sure whether or not you're okay with that. that that's, that's manipulation. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah. And I, I think, I think also, you got to understand when you get married, you're getting everything. 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 <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at her mom. Look at her dad. Look at the environment she grew up in. Look at, I mean, like, look at it all because it all kind of, now your relationship is yours, but all of that influenced our lives when we yeah, were growing up. Their family's loud. For great example, my family, Glad my wife was literally, <laughs> real quick story, like she came to our house and she was like shivering on the couch because we were yelling and screaming at each other. She's like, why are you guys arguing? I'm like, no, this is how we talk. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. She's like, because she comes from a home where she's the only, the only um, child. So it was quiet. People weren't yelling and screaming at each other. You know what I'm saying? So. But that all kind of comes with it. That makes sense? So you get it all when you get married. Yeah. Understand that. Yeah, Mark got a whole Hispanic family, so. <laughs> I love him. He Anyways, all right. <laughs> Anyone else want to add to that? Are we good? Yeah, I think we can. I think we should move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Caroline and Arvin, I want to ask you guys this. Uh, someone sent this in. It says, if my boyfriend is taking too long, to take the step and propose. Not to say Arvin took so long. No shade, okay? What should I no do shame. about that? There's what do no I do? Shame. He's taking for... No, Arvin, you put that mic down. Caroline, you speak. Let's go. You got, you got, you got fans, Caroline. Wow. Let's go. Um, so our situation is interesting. We started dating when we were 17 and dated long distance through college. Had a breakup in there because I was super unhealthy. Ladies get healthy. All people actually, get healthy. Um, <laughs> not just the ladies. Yeah. Um, get healthy. So um, by the time that I got to the point where I was, you know, nearing the end of my, 
college career and we had been together for almost six years at that point, um, I was like, hey, Buster Brown, when's it happening? <laughs> when are we getting this ring on this finger? Um, but I will say that to the question, right? If, if you feel like, oh man, my boyfriend's taking too long to this, he's, he's kind of dragging his feet, this, that, and whatever. Um, I would ask you if you have talked to him about it. Um, not talk to your girlfriends about it, not talk to his mama about it, not talk to your mama about it. Have you talked to him about it? Have you asked him about the timeline? Have you asked him about things that he wants to accomplish? Ladies, we're not the only people that go through some really hard stuff. Our men go through some really hard stuff. And Arvin was having to get through some really hard stuff before he felt like he was able to commit to me. And I remember asking him, uh, I was like, man, like, were, I didn't say man, I said, babe, were you, <laughs> were you nervous like when you proposed to me? And he was like, oh, I was terrified. And I was like, why? You knew I was going to say yes. You knew that it was like a sure answer. And he said, because it's terrifying. It doesn't matter if I know that you're going to say yes. And so that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to his perspective that a lot is riding on our men. There is a lot of things that they're going through and dealing with. And so having grace for your boyfriend, if you feel like this is the one for you that you are set to marry, have a conversation. You know, don't talk about him to your girlfriends. Don't do that in general, but um, don't talk about him behind the scenes. You know, don't kind of fester in this anger or this annoyance or frustration. Bring it up to him and ask and have an open conversation. Be honest. Ask him to be honest and vulnerable because everybody's going through things. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, you know, I would talk to the Caroline also had a conversation with me and said, hey, could you go talk to Arvin, please? <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, was, I was taking my time only because I was, I, was, I was scared. You know, even though you know that she's going to say yes, there's that. Maybe a little bit of fear she might say no, right? And just, you know, now you got to be the man, right? It's not, you're not just dating today or to just, or maybe to lead up to marriage. You're now becoming the man. And so that's a lot for me was, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what being a man looks like. I, I wasn't, I wasn't taught that growing up and I don't want to fail, you know? So for me, it was out of, out of a place of fear. And so I would encourage you to talk to your, uh, your, your boyfriend, you know, um, and just be honest and just ask him what's going on. You know, that to, to me that, that helped. You know, we talked and we were being honest and vulnerable. I was, I was able to just tell her the truth and she understood, you know, so I would, I would encourage us to speak and be honest with that, you know. Can we give so, it up for Arvin? He, thank you for waiting. No, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, there's so much wisdom in that. You, instead of you just jumping in, I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm like, it's like, no, guys, this is a forever thing. It's not, oh, I'm just going to be married and let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's see what the, <laughs> what the cards are. You know what I mean? Yeah. What my cards are dealt. So that's, there's so much wisdom in that. Yeah. I, I rather, if, if obviously I wasn't married now, if I rather have t it taken a little bit more time. But when, why are we laughing, y'all? It's a serious thing. Y'all sitting here saying, what is she about no, no, to no. say next? <laughs> it's like everyone's like, what is it going to But I'd rather it have taken a bit more time and then the man be pre like prepared and ready and say, yeah. okay, now I'm ready to, to lead you. Because they're not only just right. going to lead you, they're going to lead the generations after you. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Don't you think? You want me to add to that? You don't want me to add to that. All right, I'm going to add to that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ladies, men, uh, uh, 
Men, ladies deserve a timeline. Um, it is not okay just to drag them along. That's right. Yep. So you should That's have the conversation. Amen. Uh -huh. We should have a conversation. And here's the deal. There needs to be a, an idea of where the relationship is going between the 9 and 12 month mark. Oh, you're like, what? Yes. Why, why not? Why not? Why are we going to waste more time? That's good. We should, we should at least be able to go. And if you're in school, you're going, hey, we need to get through school. Like, there needs to be an understanding right. of what's going on. Yeah. On average, psychologists say it takes nine months to get to actually know the person. So if you're not sure about the person between nine and 12 months, just move on. Yeah. Find somebody else. That's fine. That's good. Um, and you can move on, and then you can find somebody else that you actually want to commit to. But you need to be able to give them a timeline. Uh, is Tay in here? Yeah. Poor Tay. Porte, her, her uh, husband, before they were husband, tried to throw her off the scent and went like, well, my sister and her husband waited like nine years before they were married. And then Tay's calling us crying, and I have to sit down with him and be like, what is wrong with you? And he was literally about to propose, but he wanted to throw her off the scent. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sorry. Okay. But, but how, Mark, how, no, 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 how Pastor said a very powerful word, commitment. Yes. Yeah. Like, who's going to be committed? If they're going to be committed to you. You get what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, there's going to be days, when we're going back to the happiness thing, there's going to be days where you're not going to be happy, yeah. but you're going to be committed. Right. And you're going to be yeah. fighting for your marriage. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, commitment is everything. And so, if you don't have seeing that from the beginning, then just move on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or in that 9 to 12 mark. 9 to 12 month mark. That's wisdom. Yeah. Okay, so we had another question come in, and this question is also twofold. And I'll ask Pastor Hal this just because I feel like you've spoken about it a thousand times at the exchange, so why not, you know? Um, okay, so this question is, I am struggling with porn. What should I do? That's the first part. He's getting comfortable. Okay, he is preparing. And the second part is, my partner is struggling with porn, and it's making me feel some type of way in my relationship. So let's start with the first one. So I just wanted you to know what you're about to receive, okay? The first one is struggling with porn. What should I do? Go. Can I just answer both? Um, you sure? Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. We, I think we need to stop talking about porn like it's um, a bad habit. You don't struggle with porn. You're addicted to porn. Um, and, and here's the reason I say that. When you look at the research on porn, porn is literally the most addictive substance on earth. And the reason why, one, it attacks the parts in your brain uh, that deal with addiction, and on top of that, it attacks the parts in your brain that are with sex. So it's literally the most addictive substance on this earth. Like, it's not even close. Um, it's literally considered a super drug. So when, when I say you struggle with porn, you're addicted to porn. That's okay. Like, we've got to be okay saying that, especially in today's society. Like, a lot of you are, were shown porn at such a young age. It's just unfair. It's like my, my grandfather's generation was given cigarettes at, like, age 14, 13 and 14, and told they were healthy. That was unfair. You guys were, were basically shown porn at a very young age, allowed your body to addict to it, and so now you've got to figure out what to deal with it. So what do you need? You need to take very serious steps. You need to get in a group of guys who are committed to stopping, um, and then you need to take very serious steps of what that means um, to stay away from it, whether that means to lock down your phone um, with one of your friends, and you're like, oh, but I need my, no, you don't. What's more important, have a, having a mind that's free from that or having the ability to look at Instagram. Like you gotta look at where your triggers are, all those things. Locking down phone, locking down computer, doing as many things as you can to put as many steps in front of you from seeing porn. It's always able to get around, you, you're always gonna be able to get around it, always. But you want as many steps as possible. And you need to treat it like people do addiction. Like 
I mean, porn is an addiction. It's like alcoholism. It's like any other drug. But the thing is, nobody knows that you're addicted to it. Right. So that's why it makes it okay. And so you've got to be very purposeful. This is not something you go halfway. Like, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, no, no. You either have to decide to deal with it or you don't. Guys, uh, two-thirds of divorces right now list porn addiction as one of the reasons why they're getting divorced. Two-thirds. Yeah. It's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. This is not something that you should ju just deal with. And, and this is on both the guys and the girls' side of things now. And so when you when the second question is what do I do if – the person that I'm dating has a problem with porn. Like, yeah. what does it mean by a problem? Like, because everybody, I'm pretty sure, like, here, here's the deal, girls, and this is so sad to me that I have to say this, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Every guy you date has had a problem with porn now. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the reality, but how are they dealing? Yeah. How are they fighting it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it they have a problem with porn or they're fighting porn? Because it's two very different words. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Or do they have a plan in place? This is what I'm doing. These are the accountability that I have. This is yeah. what I'm doing with my phone. All of these things. Or is it, yeah, I really wish I wouldn't, but I'm not going to do anything about it. That's right. Because if I really wish I, would, I wouldn't do it, I'm not doing anything about it, it's not a plan. Right. You, wouldn't, right. you would not marry somebody who has a drug addiction that's just going, yeah, maybe I'll stop taking meth. That's right. Like, that's not going to happen. And you're going, oh, Hal, that's not that bad. Come on. No, no, you don't understand. Like, first off, if your partner looks at porn, immediately they see you as less attractive. You will never be able to live up to porn because porn always has more people. Porn mm -hmm. always has more. And when you see the amount of marriages that I see that are absolutely destroyed by it and the fact that what happens is intimacy goes out the door because it's easier to look at porn than it is to love your wife. Like you guys got to understand this is not a small situation. This is not a small situation. Now at the same time, I'm not saying that if a guy says I've had a problem with porn in the past, you go, oh, well, then you're done. Because I just... It is unfair what we put in front of our young people today. The average age of kids sees porn for the first time is eight. Eight. And so this is not something that we're going to be talking about as something that you can just deal with or go, I'm not going to, I'm going to meet somebody that's never, ever. With it. And it doesn't end when you get married either. Like I think so many guys have this idea, oh, I'm going to look at porn now when I get married, I'll just look at my wife. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. That's, that's not at all the way that it works. In fact, those images stay in your mind for the rest of for the rest of your marriage. And so it's we've got to start treating it like it what it is. It's an addiction. And even if you're like, oh, well, and here's the deal. I hear a lot of guys say, well, I only watch like once a month. But what keeps driving you back to it? Like there's a trigger there. There's something bringing you back to it. Yes, you're not full-on addicted watching the worst sides of it, but you're fulfilling a need with that. That means it's a drug, Right? It, that means it's a drug. If somebody says, I only get hammered once a month, you're like, all right, why are you getting hammered once a month? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to cover up? What are you trying to deal with? And that's exactly what porn does. It deals with problems. It helps us put us aside. It's this fantasy world. But it's not something you can treat lightly at all. And it's not a marid marital aid. It's a marital aid. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. brings you closer together. No, it doesn't. You're both thinking about somebody else while you're having sex. You're basically masturbating with each other is what's happening. And that's not a marriage. That's not love. That's good. That's good. And I just want to encourage you, like Hal said, um, this is a thing that every man has struggled with. And many women struggle with this. And I think that what Hal shared, it's, it's a lot of truth. But if you didn't understand, there's a lot of hope for you if you're battling with that. There's a lot of hope for you. And we want to actually equip you with that. Maybe you're struggling with that and you want some help and you don't know where to start. I want to make myself available to help you on that journey and find freedom in that. And uh, I just want to shout out two quick resources, Covenant Eyes. 
If you want to look it up, Covenant Eyes, it's an amazing resource to help you find freedom in this area. There's another one called Triple uh, X Church, right, Hal? Triple X Church, XXX Church. It's another great resource to help you find freedom, but I want you to know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Yo, anyways. <laughs> but there is hope. Like, seriously, there is hope for you, and um, I want you to know that you can find freedom and break that today. Yeah. Amen? Definitely, yeah. I have yeah. a good question to ask. And if you're just looking for straight information in science, if you're one of those people, like I don't believe you, yourbrainonporn.com is a guy that's a, a scientist, and he's done several TED Talks, and it basically talks about how it kills your drive for life, takes away so many things. It's just, it's an incredible resource if you're an analytical type mind. Yeah. So. Thank you for that, honestly. I, yeah. I love it how you always bring, like, the facts, because I'm the type of person that, like, okay, just give me the facts. What are they? Just tell them to me straight. So thank you for being transparent in that. Okay, we had another question come in. Um, how do we move forward with my relationship if my partner's parents are against our relationship? What if it's because of race? Do we move forward with our relationship? That can be kind of an open-ended one or... Isn't that y'all's question? It, yes, technically. But we wanted to so open the So the parents floor. are against the relationship. Mainly because and of race. And it's interracial. Yes. Is that what you said? We are assuming based on how, yes, how the question is raised. Yeah, pretty much. It's an interracial couple, and the parents are not agreeing with that just because of that. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah. I think you do move forward. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's your marriage. You get what I'm saying? Like now, I want to be careful because they're. Well, you just said why? It's because of the race thing, right? Well, we we know that's because of ship until right. we get to the point where we want to be married. It's like, yeah. Did you want to add to that? Since you know that is our life story that yeah. we just went through. <laughs> that is our story. Oh, we spoke through this last year, and I think yeah. that uh, if maybe you're asking this question for yourself and in your relationship. Uh, I think the, the number one way to fight that battle isn't through a verbal attack or to have this mindset of offense towards that person. Like Pastor Ralph said, see it as a sin issue. Understand that that's the first truth, but also see them uh, the way the Heavenly Father sees them, yeah. right? He, he loves them. He calls them his own. So extend grace to that person. And most importantly, the way you fight that battle is by praying for that person. Yeah. So I would just say that. that that's yeah. the perfect place to start. I'd also say, um, whoever asks this question, if you're in the room, please do not feel like you have anything to prove to yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, don't need you guys, to be validated you don't or, need it. Yeah. And yeah. um, obviously, if you, you guys know our story, if you guys are new here, if you don't know our story, my dad did not meet Mark until two and a half, almost three years into marriage. Never met them. And guess what? When he met him, it's like they were best friends. <laughs> just like we could have just done this three years ago, <laughs> right? But, you know, my main struggle, my internal struggle was I need to prove to my father. I need to prove to him. I need to. It's like, no, no, no. I cannot change his heart. Clearly, right. this is something that was stemmed from his childhood, kind of what we were kind of talking about a little bit. It stemmed from his childhood. So it's not something that I can change although I really, really wanted to, and I was looking for ways, but my main focus was to say, God, you are the only one that can change his, yeah. his heart. Um, and even if my dad never ch changed, I would still be okay with that because I knew God was in control of it all at the end of the day. So just even if you're not seeing that breakthrough right now, please do not let that discourage you um, in your relationship because it's biblical. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Love it. And it turned out pretty good for us, so you guys we will good. be good. Anyone want to add to that? No? We're good? Cool. I'm going to ask this question. Um, 
What do I do if my partner believes in God but has a negative view of the church because of some past traumas from his childhood and he refuses to go to church today? I would love to answer that one. Um, I would say um, pray for them, invite them, and don't quit. Pray, invite, don't quit. Pray, invite, don't quit. Pray, invite, don't quit. Um, you know, it says in the word that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And if you are genuinely praying for your partner um, to come to church and to kind of be revived in their faith again, um, and if you're doing it from a heart posture of wanting the best for your partner, not to prove them right or prove yourself right, not to um, kind of be like, ha ha, see, I was right, you were wrong, the church is awesome. Um, but if you do it from a heart posture of, I know that this is how you can get the best out of your relationship with Christ is by coming to church and being a part of community and getting involved and getting plugged in. If that's your heart posture, that, that's a powerful prayer. That's an effective prayer. So I would pray, 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 like you've never prayed before. And I would continue to invite even when it's exhausting. I have heard testimonial after testimonial of testimonial. Yeah, I invited my husband for 10 years to come to church. He finally came and gave his life to Christ. Like that stuff happens. I invited my neighbor for seven years, and they finally came, gave their hearts to Christ. They were transformed. Don't quit. Pray, invite, don't quit. That's what I would say. Yeah. So you said partner. Do we mean married or, or not? Dating. Because dating is in a very different situation. Um, and and here's the deal. And, and, but it's like, I mean, it's like Caroline said. She's like, oh, man, the power of prayer after seven, ten years. Look, if you know that walking into the relationship, that's not what you want to walk into. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm not, I'm not lessening the trauma. I'm not lessening the fact that church hurt doesn't happen. I have church hurt. Like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like, we were talking about around our table today, just the, the really fun things that people love to tell you when you're a pastor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, awful things. And, 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 and so we all have church hurt, but we still need the church. Like, it's always interesting to me. It's like people will go through bad dating relationship after bad dating relationship, yet they won't stop dating. But they'll have one bad experience in church and go, that's enough. You need the, you need the church in your relationship. You need the church in your marriage. You need somebody else there. Here's why. And I learned this very early on. You cannot change um, the person that you're married to, and, and you cannot control them. Right. You, they need to be with God, and they need to be around other people that are going to speak God into their lives because God's the one that's going to change their heart and move them forward. If you don't have a team of people in your church on your marriage's side, not your side, your marriage's side, you're not going to make it. It's one of the reasons why we talk about you can't Romeo and Juliet a relationship where you just run away and go, we're going to make it on our own. You don't do that. You need people for marriage to work. It's not meant to do alone. Church matters. So if that's why you ask at the beginning of the relationship, do you go to church? No, I don't hey, we're not going to get in a relationship right now. Right. You're, it's not your job to date them into heaven. Please yes. hear me on that. Right. Please don't do that. That should be on the t-shirt. Yeah. Okay, so we're running out of time, so we're going to ask two questions. Um, and then also, also um, if you guys did not hear your question answered, feel free to come up to us and ask us after service. Um, I mean, go to small group because that's very important. But if you really, really, really want to ask the question, uh, we'll be here. So go ahead and, um, cool. yeah. Pastor Ralph, could you answer this? What does it look like in a marriage for a man to be the spiritual head of the family? What does that look like? 
What um, should it look like? Is that for Pastor Ralph? Yeah. Yes. Spiritual head of the family. Um, it, it definitely, what does it look like? Well, I, the way that I kind of see it is this, is first of all, I didn't have an example. Um, so it takes me studying scripture. It takes me reading books like Kingdom Man by Tony Evans and just different, you know, manhood type stuff. You know what I mean? To, to help me understand what it means to lead my house spiritually. But it means that you get up in the morning and you take your family to the Lord in prayer. Take yourself there first. Take your family there. And then, you know, you, you stay on your knees and then the scriptures now. Outside of that, you have a vision for your marriage because your wife wants to know where we're going. Like, what, what are we doing? Where are we just like just hanging out together for the next, you know, whatever, or where are we going? And so you're, you're taking her somewhere. You're communicating with her. You're valuing her. And she is more valuable than your children. Your relationship with each other is more valuable than your children. And being the spiritual head of your household you, you have to communicate that in ways not that you got to say it all the time you know what I mean but you honor her and you are unified front when it comes to dealing with your kids and so the spiritual head of the household you, you lead the way when it comes to going to church like guys we're going to church that's what we do here you know what I mean like that's just, that's just how it is and so that's what it means to be the spiritual head of your house I mean just kind of um, here's what it doesn't mean a lot of boring long talks about the bible it doesn't mean, you know, forcing people, you know, beating them over the head with scripture. And it, it doesn't mean that. It's, it means... That didn't work out. It didn't work out. It doesn't work, guys. I'm so, Man, I got some stories. I'm sorry we're out of time. But, um, but here's what it does mean. And, and this is what I've learned. It means mimicking our loving father in your household. Because if I can love her and my children the way that he loves me I'm going to be okay if I can extend the grace that God gives me to them we're going to be okay if I can extend mercy the way that he we're going to be okay that's what it means that is the secret sauce thank you for that I want to say something to the ladies Um, first of all our men want to be honored Um, We have a lot of strong personalities. I have a strong personality. I have what they call a dominant dominant (laughs) personality. And I can, you know, I can put you in your place. I can tell you like it is. Amen. And he gets it sometimes. (laughs) So, but sometimes I have to, I have to watch myself because I need to show him honor. I have to show him, I need to show him respect. And that's something that we have to keep in keep in mind a lot, especially when we, you know, we got that sassiness in us. You know, we, we got to remember that. Yeah, good resource. There's a book called Love and Respect. I'll come to me afterwards if you want the, the hookup. Okay, last question. Sorry. Say that. Say that again. Love and respect. Love that and is respect. an awesome. It's an amazing book. So good. Resource. Even if you're not married, read it. It's good. Okay, so last question. Sorry for husband up, but okay, so. Because I know online dating is something we want to talk about. So, I'm looking at Chrissy and Pastor Hal. Not that you guys online dated at all, but I'm asking this question. Should Christians stay away from online dating? No. Okay, so here's the deal. Online dating is fine as long as your boundaries stay the same. 
And, and here's what I know what happens. The, the later it gets at night and the more lonely you feel, mm. the more your boundaries change, the more what you're looking for changes, all of that. Yeah, it's perfectly fine to online date. And here's the other side I would say about online date that you do have to pay attention to. Are you online dating to find the person that you want to marry? Are you online dating to get like a, a, a high from the fact that somebody swiped right on you? Because if that's what you're doing, then, and, and I've seen this happen a lot of times, it's during the breakup, like after a breakup, before you find the next person, um, to keep from feeling the low or to keep with dealing with what you just went through or the pain you may have experienced, we just hit that high of uh, online dating to make us feel okay till we move on and we never dealt with any of the pain or any of the problems. And so online dating can be fine as long as you use it like you should. And just because it's a Christian online dating site does not mean they yeah. love Jesus. <laughs> and please do not give them your address just because it's a Christian online dating site. You guys know that, but yeah. I had to tell another girl that. She's like, yeah, you had me pick up my house. I'm like, why? Well, he's on Christian Mingle. I'm like, so? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I'm not against online dating. 85% of relationships now start on online which whatever, that's fine. It's much better if you can meet them and your friends know them. That's like a lot better way because you get to know them a lot quicker. But I'm not against it as long as your boundaries don't change. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for sending in these questions. I just love how we talk about this in church. This is where we need to be talking yeah. about it. So thank you guys so much. Can we give it up for our amazing participants here and uh, just giving us so much wisdom. Um, we're so thankful for your leadership, every single one of you guys. Um, so we're so thankful that you guys were honest. Ms. Tracy, thank you so much for being honest. And um, Hal, thank you. Pastor Hal, thank you for being so honest. Um, did you want to No, we're going to go You guys can just yell out your questions. I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that would be so awkward. Yeah, but again, if your questions weren't answered, yeah, they, yeah trust me, there was deep ones, but we had to we're going to cut it short. Yeah. We got small groups. All right, here's what we're going to do. One more time, let's just put our hands together for everyone on our panel today. Uh, you guys can go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to stand up. We're going to get ready to dismiss. And uh, like Michelle had mentioned, maybe your question wasn't answered. Uh, we want to be available to answer those questions. Maybe it's not tonight, uh, but throughout the following weeks. I just want to pray for us as we get ready to dismiss. Uh, but last thing, don't forget, next week, invite somebody, bring somebody along. It's going to be a powerful night, but let me pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for each and every person that's represented here. Thank you, Lord, for uh, how you're moving and what you're doing in each and every one of our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that you would take us, whether it's in relationships or in our singleness, places we never thought we could go. And I pray, Lord, that each and every person would experience you right in the season that you have them in, Lord. And I pray, Father, that they would understand they are loved by you. They're a child of God. They're wonderfully and beautifully made, created in the image of God. And, Father, they have all that they need in you. So I f pray, Father, that people would leave inspired, changed, and transformed by the truth of your word. And that that would be the anthem of our heart. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys so much.